Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. Today I want to take you to 1 Peter chapter 5. And for some of you that's been coming on Wednesday night, you're going to hear a few things maybe that you've heard on Wednesday night recently. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Peter says this. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So today I want to talk to you about when anxiety attacks. Has anybody in this room this morning ever been attacked by anxiety? Let me ask that one more time. Is there anyone in this room besides me that has ever been attacked by anxiety? Yes. I don't think there's one person in this room today at some point in time that you were not attacked by anxiety. And today I wanna talk to you about what can we do when anxiety attacks? Now, Peter who wrote these words, cast all your cares or cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, Peter understood what it meant to be attacked by anxiety. He witnessed people being attacked by anxiety as he walked with Jesus, but he also experienced anxiety attacks himself. One of those occasions where he witnessed anxiety attacking is in Luke chapter 10. Now, now just stay at 1 Peter 5 because we're going to get there here in just a moment. But in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says that Jesus and his disciples were on their way. And he came to a village where a woman named Martha. Everybody say Martha. Martha. Where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. So sisters here, Martha and Mary. Now let me just tell you something about Martha. Martha had an anxiety disorder. Now there's a difference in having anxiety temporarily and having an anxiety disorder, okay? Now I I think many of us, maybe at some point in time in our lives, we have been in circumstances or situations where we have experienced uh, anxiety maybe because of because of our circumstances. I'm going to admit I feel a certain amount of anxiety every Sunday before I get up here to preach. Uh, but, But anxiety is not necessarily a bad thing. Anxiety can be a good thing if it motivates you to do your best. That's why a lot of people are at their best when they study at the last minute to take a test. It's that anxiety, it's that stress that pushes them. Uh, to, to do their best. However, you could avoid that anxiety and stress if you would prepare a little bit earlier. But many of us know what it's like to have temporary episodes of anxiety, and then there's some here today that know what it's like to have an anxiety disorder, where, where you carry those feelings of anxiety every single day of your life, 
And sooner or later, it begins to affect you in in other areas of your life. It begins to affect you spiritually. It begins to affect you physically. It begins to affect you emotionally. It begins to affect you relationally. It begins to affect every area of your life. Martha had an anxiety disorder. Mary, however, the Bible says, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, what I find interesting about Mary, and maybe the reason why Mary didn't have an anxiety disorder and Martha did, is because every time you find Mary in the Gospels, she's at the feet of Jesus. Here in this story, she is at the feet of Jesus listening to the words of Jesus. In John chapter 11, after her brother Lazarus has died, she is at the feet of Jesus expressing her woe. And then when you go to John chapter 12, you find her at the feet of Jesus pouring out her worship. So so whenever you find Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. Let me just tell you right now, if you want to avoid some anxiety in your life, get at the feet of Jesus and stay at the feet of Jesus. And that's what Mary did. But Martha was just the opposite of that because look at this. It says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now notice she has invited, she has invited Jesus into her house. Now I'm just going to tell you now, if Jesus comes to my house, I'm going to stop everything. And I'm going to sit down with Jesus Because I want to hear what Jesus has to say. Some of you Alabama fans, if Nick Saban comes in your house, what you going to do? You going to stop everything. And you want to hear what Nick Saban has to say. You want to spend some time with Nick Saban. Kind of like us Auburn fans, if Gus Malzahn is in our house, we want to hear what Gus Malzahn. We're not going to busy ourselves and then all of a sudden them be gone and us miss out on that opportunity. To talk to them and to hear from them. But Martha does that. She's got Jesus. Christ, the son of the living God. She's got Jesus in her house. But instead of taking the time to just chill and enjoy Jesus and listen to Jesus, she is distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She could not enjoy Jesus being in her house because she was so stressed and so full of anxiety, wanting to make sure that everything was done, everything was in order, everything was perfect. Some of you who have small group at your house know what I'm talking about. That before your small, you can't even enjoy your small group because you're busy stressing out making sure the house is clean making sure the food is prepared making sure everything is on the table making sure everybody's needs are being taken care of Martha had that kind of an anxiety disorder and so she is distracted by all the preparations that had to be made and so look at what she says she comes to Jesus and she said Lord don't you care See, that's what anxiety will do to you. It'll make you question whether or not God or anybody else cares about you. And she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Anybody ever felt like if it's going to get done, I'll just have to do it all by myself? Nobody else doing anything. Everybody else just sitting around doing nothing. 
I'm having to do everything. God, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Anybody ever done that before? Go out there and tell them to help me. And Jesus responds to her and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. I just described several of you in this crowd right there. You walked into this building today worried and upset about many things. You're being overwhelmed, and as a result of that, you are, you, you are feeling some anxiety in your life today. And, and Jesus said to her, Martha, you are worried and you are upset about many things. Martha, you've lost your focus. Martha, you've got your priorities out of our order. Martha, you're trying to do more than you were designed to do. You're worried and you're upset by many things. But notice what he says. He says, it's time to simplify. Somebody needs to hear me this morning it's time for you to simplify it's time for you to go through your to-do list and mark some things off come on somebody help me this morning it's time for you to simplify you've got to understand you can't do it all by yourself and so Jesus said that a few things are needed indeed he narrowed it down he said only one and Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her and so Peter witnesses this anxiety disorder that Martha has because she's trying to take on more than she is designed to take on but but not only that we also see that Peter experienced anxiety himself. Look look at this story here in Mark chapter 4. It says that the day came, or, or that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, which would have included Peter, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. What does that mean, just as he was? Jesus was tired. Jesus was worn out. And they took him just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Anybody ever encountered an unexpected storm like that? Maybe not a a geographical, physical storm like this, but maybe life is going great. You get up that morning, everything's going wonderful, but then all of the sudden a storm of life unexpectedly visits you. And that's where these disciples are. One minute there's calm. At one minute, it's peaceful. The next minute, there is a furious storm that has come up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, about ready to sink. And so the disciples have a problem with something. Jesus was in the stern of the boat sleeping on a cushion. I love that picture, to imagine that picture. That they're in this storm and the boat is rocking and the waves are are, are splashing over the sides of the boat. The boat's filling up with water. Something don't happen. The boat's going to sink and the disciples with it. And where is Jesus? He's in the stern. He done pulled himself up a pillow and said, boys, I'm going to get me a nap. And he is sound asleep. Now, you know what I like about that? What I like about that is what Jesus said in John chapter 16. He said, when I leave here, I want you to know I'm going to leave something with you. He said, my 
peace I'm going to leave with you. Not the peace that the world gives, but he said, my peace, I'm going to live with you. It's the kind of peace that even when a storm is raging, it's the kind of peace that when it looks like even your boat is about to sink and you go down with it, that you can sleep through the storm because you know who is in control of your life. And so Jesus is in the stern. Go ahead. Go ahead and give him praise for that peace. So Jesus is in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And so the disciples woke him up and said, teacher. Now, first of all, I don't think Jesus was real happy about them waking him up. He was tired. How many of you that have children? I'm going to take a nap. Y'all better not wake me up. I have to tell my wife that sometimes, you know, when I'm going to bed, I'm like, "Hun, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. It's early. So when you come to bed, just make sure you don't wake me up. Because once you've gotten to sleep, especially in one of them good, restful, peaceful sleeps, you don't want to be disturbed. And Jesus is having one of those kind of naps, one of those power naps. And they wake him up and said, teacher, same thing Martha asked, don't you care If we drown, is there anybody else here this morning that's ever asked Jesus that question? Have you ever been in a circumstance or a situation or a storm in your life? And you're like, hey, Jesus, do you you know where I am? Do you see? Do you not even care what I'm going through? And these disciples said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And then I love these next three words. He got up. He got up. Now, I don't know if he got up happy or if he got up mad, but he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Wow. And then notice what happens. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Now, they could have answered and said, well, it's obvious, Lord, we're afraid. Look at this storm. Look at these waves that are crashing over the sides of this boat. Look at all the water in the boat. This thing's about to go down. We're out here in the middle of a, of, of a, of a lake, and we're still five miles away from shore. There's no way we can swim the five. No wonder we have fear. And they could have blamed their fear on their circumstances. They could have blamed their fear on the storm. But Jesus gets to the source of all fear when he says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I'm going to say to you this morning that one of the sources of anxiety is not necessarily your circumstances, but it's your unbelief. Unbelief is what causes so much fear and unbelief is what causes so much stress and unbelief is what causes so much anxiety in our lives. He said the reason why you're afraid is not because of this storm. The reason why you're afraid is because of your unbelief. You still don't know who I really am. Even though you've seen me forgive sins and even though you've seen me set people free and even though you've seen me heal the sick, you still don't really know who I am because if you really knew who was in the boat with you right now, you would not be afraid, but you would have faith to know that he who said get in the boat and go to the other side is going to make sure that you get to the other side. Somebody say amen right there. He he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then it said they were terrified and asked each other, look at this, who is this? 
And if you're going to rid yourself of some anxiety in your life, you got to answer this question. Who is this? Because when you know who he is, mm, when you know who is in the boat of life with you, when you know like this song that we sang, sang here just a few moments ago that you are not alone but that Jesus the Christ the son of the living God and the power of the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you when you understand that your whole perspective changes when you encounter difficulty and storms in life and they said who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him and understand Peter was one of those disciples in that boat that night and he's the one now who writes to us in James chapter 5 and says cast all your cares on him because he cares for you he tells us two things right there that we can do when anxiety attacks very very simple but I want you to write them down first of all he said you've got to remember God cares You would be shocked how many people are still not convinced of this. How many followers of Christ, how many Christians, you would be shocked how many of them are still not convinced of this right here, that God cares. Remember, God cares. Because Peter reminds us, he said, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you look at your neighbor and say god cares about you and just in case you're wondering so do i tell him that he cares about you i love what the psalmist said in psalm chapter 8 he said when i consider your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place he said when i consider all of that the 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 wonders of of everything that you have created and everything that you've put in order he said when i look at all of that and consider it he said i then look at myself and say what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them amen somebody needs to be reminded in this room here today that you are not alone that you are not facing this season alone in your life Jesus is with you and yes he cares about you Charles Weigel great old-time preacher who has now gone on to be with the Lord Baptist preacher who ministered in Chattanooga for many years But not only was he a great preacher, he was also an incredible songwriter, having written over a thousand songs. And you've probably sung some of his songs and just didn't know it. But early in his ministry, his wife came to him and said, I can't live this kind of life. I I can't continue to live a life of ministry that's not what i'm cut out for i want to i want to live like the world lives and so she packed up everything she had and she took their daughter and she left him and he was devastated and he said i found myself in florida and he said i was out on a pier and he said i was feeling quite low even asking that question myself jesus do you really care even having suicidal thoughts but he said i felt the holy spirit begin to deal with my heart 
And he said, I went back in the house and I sat down at the piano. And he said, within 20 minutes, he said, I wrote the song that's been sung all over the world. He said, I just began to write. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. And then he wrote the chorus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cares for me. He said, from that moment on, I received the comfort that I needed. He said, within three years, my wife who left me was dead because of the lifestyle she was living. But he said, all these years, God has never failed to take care of me. Listen to me this morning. He cares for you no matter what you're going through today. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. It says that if God cared about you, he wouldn't be allowing this in your life. Listen, God cares for you. But not only do we need to remember that God cares, the second, the final thing is this, and that is we need to give God control. Listen, if, if, if I'm going to be able to withstand an attack of anxiety, I have got to learn how to give God control. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, that's exactly what Peter is talking about pretty much the entire chapter. He's talking about how that we've got to learn to submit and we've got to learn to humble ourselves. And he says it like this in verse 5. He says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Listen to me, young people. There is some wisdom you can gain from your elders. Don't have the attitude, they can't teach me anything. I can't learn anything from them. Oh, yes, they can. And one of the wisest lessons you can ever learn is submit yourself to your elders. Let them teach you some things. Learn some things from them. He said, in the same way, you who are younger submit yourselves to your elders all of you then he says clothe yourselves with humility humility means to make yourself low it don't mean to think lowly of yourself it means really not to think about yourself at all but it does mean to put yourself in a low position it's the same word that was used that talked about how Jesus humbled himself and left heaven and came here to this earth to become a man he humbled himself he came low to us And it says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit to your elders. All of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor. Everybody say favor. This is a year of favor, whether you've gotten it yet or not, whether you believe it or not. And the only way that God can show you favor is when you humble yourself. 
The only way that God can show you favor is when you rid yourself of your pride and you humble yourself because God opposes, God resists. God stands against those who are prideful, those that say, you can't teach me anything. You can't help me in any way. I'm in control. I got this. I don't need you to help me with anything. I don't need you to teach me anything. And and, and it's all about you, all about you, all about I. And he says that God opposes the proud, but when you can humble yourself and admit, you know what? I don't have all the wisdom I need. I don't have all the information I need. I don't have all the power I need to get this done. He says when you can admit that and humble yourself, then God is going to give you favor. God is going to give you power. God is going to give you grace to do what you could have never done by yourself. And that's why he goes on in this next verse and he says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand. Under God's, how low do you have to humble yourself? All the way down under God's mighty hand. What does God's hand represent? God's hand represents God's power. And God's hand represents God's protection. And his hand represents his provision. And he said, you've got to get to the place where you humble, where you humble yourself down low underneath the mighty hand, under his power, under his protection, under his provision. And he says that he may lift you up in due time. A good example of that would be somebody like Joseph. You remember everything that Joseph had to go through. His brothers sold him to slavery. He was thrown into a pit. He gets to Potiphar's house where he's treated as a slave. After Potiphar's house and being falsely accused, he's thrown into prison. Finally, when he's brought out of prison, he goes back into Potiphar's house. But in due time, because Joseph submitted, humbled himself under the mighty hand of God and said, God, I may not understand how you're doing this, but it's not for me to figure out how. It's just for me to trust that in your power, your protection, your provision, in time, God, you are going to lift me up. And because he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God in due time, in due season, God lifted Joseph up and he became second in command in all of Egypt. But it started when he humbled himself and trusted God to work things out. And see, that's where a lot of folks, that's where their anxiety comes in. They try to do it all themselves instead of trusting in the power and the protection and the provision of God and letting God work things out. And he said, you've got to humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due season. And then he comes to this passage, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, that's the New International Version. That's the translation they give us. But you need to go back and read the English Standard Version, which, by the way, is now the best-selling Bible in the world because of how accurate the translation is. And the English version of the Bible, standard version of the Bible, says it like this. Where there is a period at the end of verse 6 in the NIV, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, period. In the English standard, it's not a period, it's not a comma. It's a comma. The thought hasn't stopped yet, so it should read like this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, casting all your anxiety on him. Him because he cares 
for you. You see, if you want to get rid of that anxiety today, what you've got to do is you've got to realize, hey, I'm carrying a load I was never meant to carry. I'm trying to do things I was never designed to do. I'm trying to take on things that I just don't have the power and the ability to do. And you've got to come to that place to where you realize that you ain't all that. And you have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and cast all your anxieties on Him and trust Him in His power and in His own way to get you where you need to go. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now I want to show you what is at the center of anxiety. Look at this. I. You want to know what the root of anxiety is? (coughs) Me. You want to know why I have so much anxiety? Because I'm trying to be like Martha. Trying to do it all. Not include anybody else. Not let anybody else help me. (coughs) Not let anybody else advise me. I don't need you. I got all I need. I got all the power. I got all the knowledge. Pride. Have you ever noticed what's at the center of pride? I. So what I has got to do, I have got to humble myself under the mighty hand of God so that in due season he can lift me up and when I think about that cast all your cares on him because he cares for you some of you know that I like to I like to hike sometimes with some of the guys here in the church and and we just got back from an overnight hike and 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 last year we did a a, a, a longer hike mine, mine got cut a little short because uh, I had to get back here because of a death in our church but 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 it was my first time to ever go on a multi-day hike I was I was pumped man I was excited I I was ready or I thought I was that hike started that day with 610 stairs with a 30-pound pack on my back. And I can tell you about halfway up those stairs, I started thinking, I got myself in a mess. I'm in trouble. And after getting to the top of those stairs to find out we still had nine more miles to go through rough terrain to get to where we were going to camp that night. And I'm just going to tell you now, when we got to camp, I tore that backpack off my back and I cast it down. I was tired of carrying that load all day long because when you carry that kind of load, you get tired. You get weary. You get worn out. And I'll be honest with you, there were times when I was on the trail that day and I got so tired of that heavy pack, I was about ready to take it off and cast it down the side of that mountain and just depend on God to take care of me for the rest of that trip. But I knew in that pack was everything I needed to sustain me. I knew my food was in there. I knew my sleeping system was in there. I knew, well, I did have bear spray till Jonathan took it away from me. And let me just clarify. Let me, let me just clarify something here because I said this once before and somebody said, Pastor, I can't believe you got upset because he took your hair spray. I did not say hair spray. I said bear spray. Yeah, I like to make sure my hair looks good, but I'm not taking hairspray on a hiking trip. 
But there were times, man, on that trail, I wanted to take that pack off, but I kept reminding myself, everything you need sustains you. And you know what? I think that's the way a lot of people look at life. I really do. They've got this load. They've got this pack on their back. And, and, and they're carrying a load that they were never meant to take, but they think, well, everything I need is in there to sustain me. What I need to, to provide, what I need to protect me, what I need to empower, everything is in that pack. But do you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and on you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, why don't you take that burden off? Why don't you lay that burden aside? Why don't you lay, because in me is everything you need. Not in that weight that you're carrying every day of your life but in me and he said and my yoke is easy and my burden is light and somebody here today you need to take it off you need to take the weight off you need to take the heavy load off that you've been carrying that you were never intended to carry cast it all on him because he cares for you and but because notice what happens the very next verse he says be alert and of sober mind because your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour listen he wants you to stay prideful he wants you to continue to try to do it all yourself he wants you to get weary and worn out from trying to bear that heavy load because he knows that you're a much easier target and you're much easier prey when you're weary and when you're worn out and I'm not going to lie to you there were times when I was out there on that trail trail with that big heavy pack on me and I was so tired I was so weary from carrying that load and from all the walking that if a bear had been out there if he would have eat me quick he could have had me <laughs> let's just get this over with and you know that's the way some people are they become so tired they become so weary and they're like well if the enemy will just take me out and take me out quick he can have me but that's not God's purpose and that is not God's plan for your life and so he said, you got to be sober. You've got to be alert because your adversary, the devil, he wants to take you out. He is a hungry lion looking for somebody to eat. And he said, you've got to resist. You've got to get into that position of, of resist. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Listen to me, Martha. You're not doing it all by yourself. Listen to me, Martha. You're not the only only one working. Listen to me, Martha. You're not the only one going through a difficult time. Listen to me, Martha. You're not the only one that's going through a storm. There's believers all over the world that's facing difficult circumstances. And so here's what he says. He says, and the God of all grace. Oh, I like that phrase right there. That means that no matter what you're going through, there's grace for whatever you're going through. If you're going through a spiritual battle today, there's grace for that battle. If you're going through a physical battle today, there's grace available for that battle. If you're going through an emotional battle today, there is grace for that battle. If you're going through an emotional situation today, there is grace for that. If you're going through a vocational situation today, there is grace for that. He is the God of all grace. I love the way Peter said it. Peter said in chapter 1 that we're going to face manifold trials in this world. But he said for those manifold trials which means various kinds many different kinds of trials he said available to us is the manifold grace of God hallelujah that for every trial there's a grace for every storm 
there is a grace. For every situation, there is a grace. He is the God of all grace, and he called you to his eternal glory in Christ. And he said, after you have suffered a little while, he said, he's going to restore you. That's a picture of a fishing net that has been mended. And now it's stronger than it ever was before. And now that fishing net can go back to be using, used for what it was created. He can, he can restore you. Amen. If you've been broken because of, of issues in your life or because of storms in your life, he said the God of all grace, he can restore you, make you strong, make you firm, make you steadfast. And then he says to him, be the power forever and ever. Amen. I like the way the psalmist said it in Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Oh, somebody needs to get to cast him this morning. Somebody needs to get rid of some stuff this morning that you've been trying to carry. Amen. That you've been trying to carry that you were never designed to carry. Cast all your cares on him. All your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Would you stand with me this morning? Mm. Hallelujah. I am not alone. He's my comfort. Always holds me close. Team, can you come out and help me sing that? I'm so thankful today for the grace, for the power, <laughs> for the presence, for the protection, for the provision of God. And listen to me, it's available today. But you gotta admit you need it. You gotta humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because God can't help anybody that doesn't admit they need the help. God can't advise anybody that doesn't admit they need the advice. So I want you right where you are to just lift up your hands. Some of you need to just do this. You just need to start doing this. Like you're just getting rid of some stuff. Just getting rid of some stuff. Some of that stuff don't mean a hill of beans anyway. It's just causing stress and anxiety in your life. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves today under your mighty hand. Under your mighty hand, Lord. A hand of power. A hand of protection. A hand of provision. God, we entrust this load that we've been carrying. We entrust it to you. We hand it over to you. We cast it. And we're not going to give it to you, Lord, and then come back and take it back. We're going to give it to you, and we're going to walk away, and we're going to leave you with it. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles, and we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward 
to personally meeting you.